unless it is when you're listening. Could be. Sage, that's not for you. No, don't bite on the microphone. Great. Someone didn't wipe his butt good enough after he got done with the bathroom, so I don't really want him up here. Because there's, like, litter on his butthole. Great. It's not good. Sorry, everybody. Cool. Great. Glad we don't <laughs> cut that. Fine. I just wanted to let you all know. Episode 32. Wow. Here we are. Here we are. That's half a year. In no, the, it's in not. the snow. I cannot know. Yeah, it snowed. Happy, happy first snow. In Wisconsin, at least. In Parts. The other half of winter. Great. Great. Hope that you're doing swell. Cool. Great. This is one YouTuber that I watch. Again, sorry to talk about Australia. <laughs> and she was talking about her name is Rachel Oust. She's great. And she was like, um, I'm just preparing for summer. I was like, can you not? Can you can you please not? Yeah, but she also doesn't have to deal with COVID now either. So This is true. This is very true. But she also has to deal with um, Indie Mouse. So. And big spiders. And very big spiders. So it's fine. I'll just deal with Bear's turtle bear. necks. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So hi, how are you? I'm here. You are. That's the best I can do at this point. Baby, that's wonderful. Oh. That's really great. We're going to go see some Cormus lights tonight. Yeah. Pretty good. Great. Super fun. All right. Spook me. Already? Why not? Okay. (laughs) Are you sure? I don't care. All right, then. Great. We're just going to jump into it. I'm going first today. You are. Therefore, nothing's different than the last (laughs) time. So, I have a story for you today. But first, <laughs> all of my sources, mm. um, the, uh, I don't want to tell you what it is yet. So I got, okay. I got my information from the title of the episode <laughs> and the title of the locations, historical website. Cool. All that's interesting.com, a Washingtonian article by Marissa M. Cascino mm. and from legendsofamerica.com. Wow, fun. Okay. So, I have a couple pictures. Don't scroll past them, please. <laughs> I have a couple pictures for you Fine. here. Fine. What we are looking at is a beautiful building. So, it's quite blurry. That's because it's zoomed in. Deep in the heart of West Virginia, surrounded by sweeping grounds and green lawns, there's a beautiful long building with a tall steeple in the center. It looks like an expensive boarding school or an attractively weathered manor house. The structure is neither. Now abandoned, it was once the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, and its halls witnessed atrocities that left their mark on the building and the surrounding community. It is the largest hand-cut stonemasonry building in North America and is purportedly the second largest in the world next to the Kremlin. Oh, my so today I will be telling you all about the awful history uh-huh. and some of the potentially present going ons <gasps> of the Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Whoa, I have never heard of this. At least I don't think so. That's what it's called for real. So it's not just me not being like <laughs> correct about it. Justin, you're not it being is a jerk. Called the Lunatic Asylum. Wow. Okay. Isn't it gorgeous? It's beautiful. This looks like it could be uh like on the Harvard grounds. Oh, does it look does it look like it could be an expensive boarding school or an attractively weathered manor house? No, I don't think either one of those. I boarding school for sure, actually. This gives me deep boarding school vibes. Yeah, for sure. It kind of looks like the X Men place. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Maybe that's where they filmed. Maybe. Maybe. Okay, well, uh let's just dive right into it. This is going to be a little bit of a long one, but there's a lot to tell. Fire me. So, starting off, the asylum wasn't always a nightmarish facility like it is today. In fact, when it was commissioned in the early 1850s, its conception marked one of the first hopeful developments in centuries for mental patients. Wow. Um, The building was the brainchild of Thomas Story Kirkbride, um, a doctor and crusader for the mentally ill who founded what would in time become the American Psychiatric Association. Whoa, dude. Yeah. That's huge. So he's trying his best here. 
Wow. Okay. Let's just not forget that. Sure. He tried his best with what he understood at the time. I see. 1850s, you said? Yeah. Um, Kirkbride built on the foundation established by famous reformer Dorothy Dix, who sought to disabuse people of their misconceptions about mental illness. Yes. Namely, that it was a shadowy, irreversible condition best treated in darkness with force and physical restraint. How awful. They were trying to completely avoid all of that in this new place. That's great. Yeah. Sage, just... um, great. <laughs> My so, um, as shaky as the science behind some of his medical ideas were at the time, it undeniably led to a more humane and all around more effective plan of treatment for the residents of his asylums than any other practice of the era. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. He emphasized the importance of light and fresh air, mm-hmm. suggesting that asylums be built as long halls with 12-foot ceilings, plenty of windows, and ventilation that allowed for cross breezes. I love that. This sounds better than our apartment. Honestly, (laughs) jeez. He also emphasized freedom. Uh, Mental patients, he felt, should be allowed to roam as much as possible and find stimulation for their minds. They would behave better, not worse, if given more control over their own lives. Wow. Yeah. What a concept. Radical. What a concept. At this point, it's completely radical. Honestly. His ideas inspired the construction of 73 Kirkbride hospitals across the country in the second half of the 19th century, Whoa. including Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Okay. Um, construction was interrupted by the outbreak of the Civil War in 1861, Ugh. and the partially built hospital and surrounding grounds became Camp Tyler for the Union. Who won? Is this a trick question? Are you asking me who won the Civil War? No, I'm saying the Union. <laughs> who oh. won the Civil oh. War? I was like, um, who is the Union? The Union won the Civil War. <laughs> Great. The Civil War is over. Is and it? it has been for a very long time. But I see Confederacy flags everywhere. So the completed southern wing of the asylum was used as barracks and the main foundation served as a stable. Confederate raids in 1862 and 1863 temporarily dislodged, temporarily dislodged the Union troops. Following the admission of West Virginia as a U.S. state in 1863, the hospital was renamed the West Virginia Hospital for the Insane. In 1864, Confederate raiders stripped the asylum of all food and clothing intended for its first group of patients. Cool. Way to go. Fun. I'm really glad that people like associating themselves with people who would steal food and clothing intended for mental patients. So good on all of you. I know no, I know none of you are listening, but fine. uh, It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I have the right. (laughs) Nay. The pleasure. The pleasure. Okay, Sage, so I swear to uh, Jesus, he's gonna throw t- so many fits up here. Lay down. He won't. I'm a bitch of He thinks it's time to eat, and he literally it's, has an hour and a half. It's not Sage. Okay, Justin, please educate me. Okay, well, I'm gonna talk about when it opened its doors in 1863. Okay. Okay. When it opened its doors in 1863. The West Virginia Hospital for the Insane was a model of Thomas Kirkbride's ideals. It could house 250 patients, each with their own comfortable room. Skilled stonemasons had been brought in from Germany and Ireland to contribute to the architecture that featured wide open windows, giving patients access to natural light and fresh air. Hmm. The first patients were admitted in October 1864. The very first patient was a housewife who had domestic trouble. Um... Yeah. The first logbook used at the hospital lists reasons for patient admission and includes causes like grief, congestion of the brain, no, feebleness of intellect, Uh, seduction, and novel reading. I'm sorry? (laughs) Oh. No, okay, okay, okay. What... What types of novels? Like anything that's not the Bible? I would have to assume so, yeah. I don't understand. What? 
Yeah. 1860. These people were reading Catcher in the Rye (laughs) and Where the Red Fern Grows. Uh You're not allowed to read those books. That makes sense. They are banned. Remember? Yes. Yeah. So in the early days, asylums were seen as repositories for more than just the insane people. Mm -hmm. Um, In many cases, people were committed for ridiculous reasons such as laziness, religious enthusiasm, menopause, superstition. (laughs) domestic trouble as was the first one masturbation yes and tuberculosis no that's <laughs> that's something people should be quarantined that's and go to the hospital a little for. different Ooh. also known as consuming consumption asylums were often the dumping ground for society's unwanted interestingly the asylum offered money to anyone who dropped off a patient uh, many of whom showed no signs of mental illness when they were first committed. So great. Starting off kind of not great. Yeah. But at least like life is supposed to be good for the people who are there. Ugh. Even if you're not mentally ill. Yeah. So. Yeah. But think about it though. Think about, I'm wondering if people who, whether it be they needed family or maybe there was a someone in the community they didn't like or a family mm-hmm. member they didn't like, they're like, Oh, I can get paid to drop this person off. Great. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, from the beginning, the hospital was largely self-sufficient. They raised their own vegetables, maintained a dairy herd, and operated an ice plant. This sounds great. A nearby coal mine supplied fuel for heat, and there was a reservoir for water. Wow. All of the patient's clothing, curtains, and fabrics were made at West Virginia Hospital, Mm. as well as fine quality mattresses, and most of the institutional furniture, thus fulfilling the 19th century ideal that institutions be self-sustaining and that mental patients learn to trade. I like that. I see nothing wrong with any of this. No. Um, Lying on more than 600 acres, the land also included a cemetery for the many that passed away at the asylum over the years. The 200-foot central clock tower was completed in 1871. Hmm. Um, the center unit is four stories high with a great cupola and the clock tower. The section was originally designed to house offices and personnel and at one time even had such features as a large ballroom. There was a ballroom in the clock tower. This just sounds like a rehab center and it sounds great. Yeah. Um, construction would continue into 1881. Wow. When the original plan was complete, the total cost was $725,000, which was more than $300,000 over the original budget. Not great. At that point, more than 700 patients were housed in the building. It was supposed to only have 250 Uh comfortably. Uh Now there's over twice that. Yep. Um... So now we get into some of the darker stuff that may have gone on here. Yeah, I knew it was coming. Um, 19th century healing tactics were quite barbaric, Mm. some of which included bloodletting and insulin coma therapy. No. Seclusion cells and confinement cribs were utilized to control violent patients. Unfortunately, there were innocent victims of the asylum due to misdiagnosed conditions and unfortunate situations. Many spent their entire lifetime at the asylum only to end up in an unmarked grave on a lonely hillside. Yeah. So, the hospital's name was again changed to the Weston State Hospital in 1913, just so we know that if I ever say Weston, that's why. Um, In the early 20th century, overcrowding a developing attitude that treatment should be directed more to maintenance than the attempt to rehabilitate and a continual lack of funds plagued the hospital for many years. New buildings were filled as soon as they were built. Over the years, several auxiliary buildings have come and gone. Um, A tuberculosis building was established in 1930. A large three and a half story brick unit was constructed around 35. Several fires were set by patients over the years, including a large fire in October 1935, which ravaged the fourth floor of the hospital. Remarkably, no one died. What? And the ring wing was rebuilt, 
for $155,000 by the Works Progress Administration. In 1938, the asylum was called home by 1,661 patients. That year, a survey reported that the hospital housed epileptics, alcoholics, drug addicts, and non-educable mental defectives among its population. Great. Yeah. Um, in 1949, the hospital had 1,800 residents. No. That year, the Charleston Gazette reported that the facility had poor sanitation and insufficient furniture, lighting, and heating in much of the complex. At its peak in the 1950s, the hospital's population reached 2,400 patients. Oh, my God. That is 12 times the amount that they were supposed to comfortably have. How how did they take the great intentions that were set 80 years earlier and just throw them out the door? Hmm. Lack of funding. Um, I mean, it, it just... I don't know. Like overcrowding was happening. They were trying to, they weren't really caring about rehab anymore. It was more about just dealing with it until it stopped. Um, Yeah. Um, It was likely one of the worst times for patients at the hospital with the overcrowded and understaffed conditions. Um, Anyone who complained or acted out was subjected to solitary confinement Mm -hmm. Chained to the walls of an empty room for months on end. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And during these many years, a number of medical practices such as ice water baths, Mm -hmm. seclusion cells, electroshock therapy, and lobotomies Uh. were commonly used on patients. At one point, one of the favored procedures that that was used um, extensively was the ice pick or transorbital lobotomy. This crude procedure utilized a one or two pronged device, which was driven through the orbital socket of the eye and into the brain with a sharp blow. The permanent damage caused was thought to relieve some of the patient's more severe symptoms. In 1952, one doctor alone performed 228 such lobotomies during a two week period. I'm sorry? They aptly named it Operation Ice Pick. What? Oh, my God. I have another picture. No! (laughs) It's a diagram. It's like a drawing of basically how they did it. Um, It's really awful. It's not super grotesque. Not really. It just like... Oh, my God. It's awful. No, I don't like eyes. Uh, yeah they I... went underneath the eyelid no, but no. above the eye no 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 yeah not no. great oh my god oh my god no 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 um another problem was overcrowding mm-hmm. of course the inability to handle the large populations led to an increase in violence mm-hmm. um there were several cases of patients killing each other oh, in one instance two patients hanged one of their fellow patients using a set of bed sheets when he did not die, they cut him down and used a metal bed frame to crush his head. Justin, I'm just trying to have a good day. You know when we're recording this, you can't have a good day. Uh... Even the staff were not immune to the violence, and several female employees were unfortunately assaulted. Um, many former employees reported being attacked while on duty. One evening, a nurse went missing. And her body was found two months later at the bottom of an unused staircase. No. In order to deal with some of the more violent, uncontrollable, and severely mentally ill, it is said that many of them were kept in cages. Yes. Mm -hmm. Of course they were. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In 1985, not a joke. The Charleston Gazette once again exposed the asylum, reporting that court-appointed inspectors found the asylum to be, quote, dirty and unkempt, unquote. 
with many patients left naked and, quote, confined to dirty wards with bathrooms smeared with feces. Seven years later, in 1992, even more bad news rocked the asylum when the Charleston Gazette again decried the horrendous conditions inside of the asylum. That same year, a patient named George Edward Bodie died after a fight with another patient. Another one, named Brian Scott B., committed suicide, and his badly decomposing body was not found for eight days. Oh, my God. The hospital was forcibly closed in 1994. No. 94. No. We have friends older than this. Who we hang out with regularly. I was expecting this to be shut down in the 50s. This is almost as old as we are. I hate this. Since this has been closed. I hate this so much. Due to changes in treatments of patients and the physical deterioration of the facility, it was closed. Afterward, the building stood vacant for years. The hospital was auctioned off in August of 2007 and Joe Jordan bought the 242,000 square foot building for $1.5 million. Today, it is open for guided historic and paranormal tours as well as evening ghost hunts. Wow. Okay. The central section, directly under the 200 foot, 200 foot high clock tower, contains a museum and several faithfully restored period rooms from the 1870s to the 1960s. One of the patient wards has been restored but the remaining 23 are largely untouched. The endless decayed hallways and vacant patient rooms, including isolation cells with rusted rings, once used to chain the most violent uh, inmates, create an extremely eerie atmosphere in the building. And that is my rundown of the history of the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. This just sounds like, I know you're not done, but this just sounds like actual inspiration for American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. Like, this is so beyond my comprehension of what people within the mental health field mm-hmm. can do mm-hmm. and should do to another human being. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, again, we're 25, mm-hmm. the fact that this closed in. 94 years ago that is just it's mind-blowing to me yeah absolutely mind-blowing yeah um yeah wow i want to make a comment about american horror story like you said oh but i want to wait until the recommendation section because that's what it was going to be oh sure sure okay so try to remind me okay that was just the first thing i thought of yeah wow surprisingly accurate wow now I'm going to move on to the hauntings. Ooh. I have another picture uh, down a little bit. Okay. There you go. So this is one of the uh, empty hallways with the patient rooms. Just looks kind of creepy and it's yes. obviously very run down because they're not keeping up most of the building. Yeah. Um, okay. So the tales of hauntings and unearthly unearthly spirits lurking within the building and on the grounds started long before it's this place ceased to be a hospital mm. after a few decades the reports of hauntings and the sounds of restless souls became commonplace in fact some workers were said to have stayed only a few days quitting after hearing inexplicable noises uh-huh. such as the squeaky wheels of gurneys rolling along a tiled hallway i don't blame them Thousands were committed to the asylum over the years, and many unfortunately died here. Mm-hmm. Over 2,000 people are buried in the cemetery. The spirits are numerous and range from Civil War era ghosts to children oh. to ex patients and staff. Yeah. I completely forgot about the Civil War bit. Yep. Yeah. Murderers, rapists, and other violent offenders are said to continue to dwell in the building along with others whose only crime was depression or substance abuse. Oh, good. Sightings include staff and visitors seeing ghostly figures walking through the hallways at night and glimpsing shadowy figures at all hours. Can you imagine that? Like, it's middle of the day and you're like, 
that shadow's not supposed to be there. No. <laughs> nah. No. Like, I'm all for history, but there's there's a point mm-hmm. where I'm like, ooh, do I want to actively do this? No, thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One doctor even reported that a spirit followed her home and continues to trouble her to this day. No. Uh, rude, mostly. Mostly. Like, stay in your own house, dude. Goodbye. Stop. Uh, I'm assuming it's a guy, because, like, come on. Let's just be honest. Others have reported seeing a ball of light moving in a hallway and spying apparitions dressed in white. <laughs> don't don't love that. I hate everything about this. I'm going to go through all the floors now. Oh, Let's do good. it. Let's do it. On the first floor of the building, which is called the Civil War Wing. Oh, good. And is the oldest part of the hospital, is said to lurk a former patient by the name of Ruth. Oh, hi, Ruth. Though it is unknown the reason why Ruth apparently hated men and had a practice of throwing things at them. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, fair. <laughs> Today, her spirit still wanders in the hallways where people have been pushed up against walls and have heard whistling sounds emanating throughout. Whoa. In Ward 2 of the second floor, a couple of violent events occurred. In one room, a man was stabbed 17 times by another patient. Oh, God. In another room, two patients committed suicide by hanging themselves from curtain rods. Here, shadowy figures have often been seen. And at least one occasion, an EVP captured someone saying, get out. God, just again, just what you want to hear. It was hear. probably a movie wreck, you yes, know. Like, absolutely. They're like, let's get in on this recommendation station early. Uh huh. We're gonna recommend get out. Mm, sure, sure. But that it, the, the whole beginning part, they couldn't capture on the yes. AVP. Yes, yes, yes. Because it takes a lot of energy. So just get out. Because they're really excited about the movie. Um, same. I understand. Yeah, it's very good. The third floor is where two patients tried to hang another patient. Yes. And when he didn't die, bludgeoned him to death. Okay. The ghost of the murdered man is said to continue to haunt the room in which he was killed. Another ghost by the name of Big Jim is also said to maintain a presence on this floor, as well as a nurse called Elizabeth. Hmm. Other occurrences on this floor include doors that close by themselves, hmm. fleeting glimpses of apparitions, shadowy figures, and a number of strange noises that have been caught on EVPs. Which I should probably say is electronic voice phenomena. Thank you. I don't know if people know that. Um, it's just like, it's a ghost hunting device that allows people to capture things that they wouldn't normally have been able to hear. Is that different than a spirit box? Yes. Spirit boxes go through radio frequency. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. And supposedly spirits will, I suppose this could be its own episode, really. Yeah. But spirits will tie together words throughout the radio frequencies in a long enough string to create a word or a phrase oh my God. that's how they talk to you oh yeah <clears throat> oh heebie-jeebies yeah pretty good located on the fourth floor is another well-known spirit a child named lily, oh, lily. who sits patiently in a room filled with toys waiting for someone to play with her oh wearing a white dress and said to be about nine years old Lily likes to play games with visitors and staff as toys move around of their own accord and a music box turns on by itself. I don't know, but that's probably the creepiest thing I've heard so far. Great. Not the ice pick, Lobotomy? No. Legend has it that Lily was a little girl who spent all or most of her short and sad life inside the walls of the asylum. Um, One story says she was dropped off at the hospital by her parents while a second tale says that she was born there to a committed mother. Mm. She died of pneumonia at the age of nine and has never left the only home she has ever known. Though Lily appears to be pleasant enough, other more sinister spirits seem to linger on the fourth floor, including a black mass-like object and a strange apparition called the Creeper that crawls along the floor. Ew! The sounds of some something or someone banging on pipes is often heard here as well that creeper freaked me out that gave me chills yeah reading that one yeah crawls along the floor no i don't (sighs) no bomb another ghost on the fourth floor who many have seen is a soldier who they call jacob who is said to stroll the hallways 
Numerous unearthly sounds have also been heard, including screams coming from inside the electroshock room. Oh. Fair enough. Uh-huh. Banging noises. Yep. Mysterious slamming doors, throaty moans, ominous breathing, and hysterical laughter all come from empty rooms. So I think that the third and fourth floor should again be burned. Right. It yes. was just the fourth floor the first mm-hmm. time, I think. Oh, okay. Good, good. But they should do it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Other paranormal activity includes objects that seemingly move of their own accord and visitors feeling the report or reporting the feeling of being watched. Oh, God. I have another little, little picture right oh, in there. Okay. Um, I just, I don't like it. So really quick, now I want to go to this. Uh, I linked a website in here. This is the... The Washingtonian article. Oh, okay. That I talked about in the beginning. Yes, yes. This is basically like Marissa's encounter at the asylum. And I just want to read it word for word because this was really interesting. Oh, okay, please. Okay, so quoting Marissa here. I rolled into Weston, West Virginia, as the sun began to sink, making the lush Appalachian hills appear to glow. A century and a half ago, the area's beauty appealed to social reformers convincing, convinced of the healing powers of fresh air and rural landscapes. But even against the bucolic backdrop, the gothic-style mental hospital they built here looks like a figment of Stephen King's imagination come to life. Um, the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, now widely considered one of the most haunted destinations in America, operated from 1864 to 1994. Although it was designed for 250 patients, about 2,400 crammed in, which gave me pause when I arrived for my overnight ghost hunt. Was I exploiting their suffering or was I validating it? After all, it seems few cared about their pain while they were alive. Just in case, I said a silent apology to any ghosts offended by my presence. <laughs> I like her. Yeah. <laughs> the current owner launched the ghost tours to raise money for ongoing restoration. There's a 90-minute daytime tour, which is $35, a two-hour nighttime tour, $40, and the most intense option, the one I chose, a 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. hunt, $100. What? I expected to be joined by hardcore paranormal investigators weighed down with camera gear and digital recorders. And there were some, but there was also a preppy older couple, a mom chaperoning tween girls, And a grandma from Indiana named Julia and her skeptical son-in-law. No. Those two became my friends for the night. Oh, my gosh. We broke into smaller groups, spending two hours on each of the asylum's four floors before rotating. Our guide told us about some of the hospital's better-known spirits, including a little girl named Lily, who was born in the asylum, a man named Jesse, who died of a heart attack in a bathtub, Civil War soldiers, and a patient who was brutally murdered by his roommates. This guy keeps coming up. (laughs) Honestly, I feel so bad. (laughs) On each floor, she gave us the lay of the land before turning us loose to explore. The hospital is so vast that it was easy to end up alone, despite the dozens of other people wandering around. Mm. It was also easy to feel lost amid the maze of hallways and patient rooms covered in peeling paint. Julia and I set up in a room allegedly haunted by a spirit named Jim James. We placed a mag light on the floor and asked Jim to turn it on. It was just a flashlight. Oh, okay. The light was Julia's, but I inspected it and it seemed totally ordinary. A few beats passed, then it came on by itself. Ah! I offered Jim a cigarette to turn it back off. It went dark. I don't smoke, but our guide gave me a couple of cigarettes because she said some of the spirits like them. (laughs) That's awesome. We tried the flashlight trick again and again. In a room where Lily supposedly plays, in a pitch black corridor once reserved for violent women, in a lobotomy recovery area without luck. Even so, exploring the crumbling building and learning its history were plenty thrilling, ghosts or no ghosts. By 4.30 a.m., I was ready to go. Uh As I drove away, I thought about whether I actually believe. I've always been fascinated by ghosts, but am I convinced they exist? Honestly, no. Maybe Jim James did turn on that flashlight, or maybe there's some mechanical explanation. I just don't know. And what's more exciting than the unknowable? Melissa? Wonderful. Was that Melissa? Yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Great article. 
Yeah. And now I actually have uh, some more information for you. They reopen April 3rd, 2021 to November 14th, 2021 for tours. Oh my God. I thought you said they were going to like open it up again. Oh no. They're open for tours again. Wow. In April. What are you doing in April? think I'm going here. Oh, okay. Um, and then I have one more site linked here. Oh god. It is the Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum Facebook page. Uh I am not kidding when I say this site is wild because they post pictures of the asylum like almost every day. What? Uh-huh. Should I uh, like the top? You can if you'd like um, on the iPad if you open it up. Oh, I have yeah. the site in there. Like from yesterday at eight forty-two a.m., chilly day today at T A L A. Just a picture of the place. What? Yeah, yeah. That no, this is real. Um, uh, they have a. Uh, uh, it's fine. Pictures from last night. What an amazing sky. Just pictures of the asylum. Out looking for hunters on the asylum's farm. Sun is shining, but it's so cold in Weston. Fun photo day. This site is wild. Who is in charge of their social media? I don't know, but they sound pretty cool. Honestly, I mean, it looks beautiful. Yeah, it's great. But what? What? Yeah. So basically, um, in a nutshell, that is the story mm-hmm. of the Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. And that's where we will be spending your 26th birthday. So, surprise. Babe, that was great. Nice. Okay. Hi. Well, welcome back after that really lovely story that Justin told us all. Family friendly. Yeah, it was great. Fun times. It was great. It was absolutely wonderful. It's just, ugh, it's so awful. Between the ice pick lobotomies and the creeper and just unsanitary conditions. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I'm going to be really switching gears today. It's probably good. Yeah. I'm gonna be talking about something that's pretty weird, but this is just a, this is just a strange one. But I had fun with it, so great. Yeah, Justin, today I'm gonna to be talking about Baba Yaga. Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow, interesting. Okay, so, um, Justin, I'm I have a couple of pictures on the iPad that I want you to look at, but uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and just jump right in, um, and then we'll we'll talk about. Keanu Reeves in a little bit okay oh my gosh fine okay okay so I got the majority of my information from a really lovely website called ancientorigins.net cute great times great great times so okay let's just jump in so could you just give me a guess on what you think the origin is for Baba Yaga like Tomb Raider Can you give me a nationality? European. Very broad, but sure. <laughs> I don't know. Russia. Yeah, sort of. Yes. So it's it's Slavic. Slavic oh, folklore. Yeah. Yep. So Baba La, uh, Baba Yaga um, is Russian slash other. Great. We'll jump into that. So, also vague. <laughs> so Baba Yaga is a supernatural being, either an individual or, depending on the folk- folklore, a trio of sisters of all the same name. Yeah. So their parents really hated them. And it was like, hi, my name is Baba Yaga. And this is my sister, Baba Yaga, and my other sister, Baba Yaga. You know? Right. Um, however, either if it's an individual or the sisters, they all appear as a deformed and or ferocious looking old woman. Very rude. Honestly, the most common portrayal of Baba Yaga is either as a... Um, Again, either one or three. We're just going to go with one just Mm. to make it easier. So as one old woman 
who is skinny, has iron teeth, and a nose so long that they can touch the ceiling while they sleep. Iron teeth? Iron teeth. Makes it really good for munching. Yuck. Uh, Baba Yaga is commonly illustrated as riding around on a mortar rather than a broom and wielding a pestle as both a flying aid and a wand. That's pretty cool. Actually. So, yeah, Baba Yaga is just a mystical pharmacist, basically. Love it. Do you want to pull up the iPad and take a picture, take take a look at a a common depiction of uh, this lovely lady? Wow, this is interesting. <laughs> so she's just having a great time. What we've got here <laughs> is an old, just an older lady. Yes. White hair, <laughs> pink shirt, um, holding what looks to be some some hockey sticks. Um. Riding on a clothespin. Yes. Everything looks a little phallic in this picture, if you ask me. Right. Yeah. I didn't want to explicitly say it. But yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it's fine. It's fine. Mm -hmm. um, this portrait, I guess, was uh, depicted, excuse me, um, created by Ivan Bilibin in 1900. Just in, nice. just in case you're wondering. So, Great. Yeah. Okay. Um, so... Tales also involve her usually taking place at her hut. Uh, I'll get into this a little bit more, but she has some very witch from uh, Hansel and Gretel kind mm, of vibes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought. Yeah. Um, she is usually found deep in the woods and she stands on magical chicken legs with a rooster's head as her top. Oh. Yep. Oh. Yep. And her house, I'm sorry, her mm -hmm. hut is usually surrounded by a fence made up of human bones. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, see, that to me is fine. Uh-huh, 100%. The rooster head is what I'm having a slight problem with. Honestly, like, just pick one. It, if you're going to give me chicken legs, right, not the rooster right. head. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. that's just mean. It truly is. Yeah. <laughs> Inside her hut, heroes usually encounter her stretching across her cooking stove, the enormous stove itself reaching out from one side of the hut to the other, Subtly emphasizing her size and sheer power of magic. And or, this gal just likes to cook. The stove is another common detail in Tales of the Baba Yaga as the, fun, excuse me, as the punishment for the failure of certain tasks is uh, usually they're cooked and eaten. Mm -hmm. So she gives you a task, you fail to do it, you're her dinner. Or she gives you candy, mm -hmm. you eat it. Yes. You're her dinner. Yes. Which is not really the same <laughs> And kind of bull, to be honest. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because, like, what kid is not going to eat candy? Honestly, it's just rude. Yeah. Don't, don't tease. Uh, despite an ambitious appetite, however, this bitch Baba Yaga is always portrayed as skinny and boning. That's rude. Honestly. How give me that metabolism. metabolism. So Ugh. good. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Awful. Ugh. Also, did you just, did you say heroes before? Yes. Like, like the David Bowie song? Yes. <laughs> Sorry? Or the like the the NBC show? Both. And Marvel. Excuse Sorry? Me? Great. You want to go into etymology now? Yeah. Okay, great. Let's do it. So as I said, uh, she's Russian? Maybe? Kinda. Maybe? Great. So variations of the name Baba Yaga are found in the languages of a lot of Eastern Slavic persons. The first element, Baba, is usually um, an actual, it's like a, a babble word, so it's slang. Mm -hmm. um, in Old Russian, Baba may mean midwife, sorceress, or fortune teller. In Modern Russian, and I'm not even going to try and do it with the, actually what it is, but we're going to romanize it. The word babushka yeah. means grandmother, and it derives from uh, possibly the older woman kind of word. The idea of Baba. Yes. Yeah. It also um, could be derived from the word babasia, which is grandmother in uh, babasia, excuse me, in Polish. And that's where they ride around on the chandelier. Yes, this is correct. Yeah. <laughs> in Serbo-Croatian, baba also means grandma. In contemporary, unofficial Polish and Russian, baba is a pejorative synonym of woman, especially when that woman is old, dirty, or foolish. Same. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Baba may also have a pejorative connotation in modern Russian, 
both for women as well as for, quote, an unmanly, timid, or character characterless man. Uh, rude. Great. Another picture if you want to look mm, at a mm -hmm, sculpture depicting mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a Baba Yaga. Oh, that's awesome. She's just having a great time. This is super cool. She's cute. Put her on your mantle. I really like this. You know, just have a good time. That's pretty much what I was expecting. Mm -hmm. Yes, to to dear listeners, just think of the most stereotypical witch that you can. And then imagine it as a gargoyle. Yes. That's what this is. 1,000%. This is really cool. It. Yeah. I like that. I like her a lot. So now here's the fun thing. I was already having fun. <laughs> so. so, Baba Yaga, benefactor or villain, depending on the folktale, she may be either one of those or both. Wow. So, she varies uh, between, again, acting as a benefactor or, or a villain, either helping the hero of a Slavic myth or hindering them. Though it appears that she never goes after on any after on oh excuse me after anyone unprovoked mm -hmm. that is to say usually the person comes to the door of her hut um mm -hmm. and they may insult her or just mm -hmm. not understand mm -hmm. um she appears to follow little or few morals mm -hmm. nevertheless whatever promises she makes to the hero after their completion she actually keeps it well so most of the prominent stories about Baba Yaga are not about her directly, but about heroes who have encountered her and overcome her or met their untimely death. Sure. So we're going to be talking about one of the most famous uh, heroines, which uh, is... <laughs> Dude, I wish. That would be so good. She does. I know, but like, what if like the next part I just describe... Was that... Huh? Which, which game was that? Hmm. Do you remember? Rise of the Tomb Raider. Rise of the Tomb Raider. Like, I just start describing the gameplay for that. You sh That'd you, be great. You're not going to do that? No, I'm sorry. Instead, I'm going to be talking about uh, Vasilisa. Vasilisa the Beautiful. Great. Vaseline? Yes. <laughs> okay, so Vasilisa is a Cinderella-type character with a magical doll whose mother died and father remarried a horrible woman oh, with equally unkind gonna... daughters. Sorry. I thought you were going to pull a John Tron. <laughs> <laughs> Can we say it? Should we? I think we should. No? Yeah. Okay, go Your mother it. was a whore! Yep. <laughs> I don't remember the other part. <laughs> yeah, so her, her mother died. Her dad married a whore! <laughs> Horrible person. <laughs> Horrible woman. Horrible. Yes. Okay. Horrible. Great, great, great. Um, this is pretty much just very cut and dry Cinderella. But when sure. Vasilisa's father goes away for a trip, the new stepmother sells their house oh. <laughs> and moves her and the three girls into a cottage in the woods, giving uh, the daughters impossible tasks to complete by candlelight. It is, it is during this time when Vasilisa ventures out of the house at the demand of her stepsisters to find more light that she encounters Baba Yaga, mm -hmm. who presents more numerous difficult no. chores to Vasilisa in exchange for a fire to take back her household. She's like, listen, lady, <laughs> I've already got so many tasks on right now. I just can't take any more. No, it's like, I just want to sleep. <laughs> My dad left me. <laughs> My sisters are useless. <laughs> My mom is a horrible person. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. And then she's just, more tasks. More, more tasks. She's probably like, go get me a crumpet from the UK. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. Goodbye. Yeah. She's like. And then get me some Earl Grey yes, as well while exactly. you're out there. It's ridiculous. Jeez. <sighs> anyway, so with the aid of her magical doll, Vasilisa completes all the tasks and is given a fire in a skull lantern. Which incinerates her horrible new family upon her return home. Oh, oh no. <laughs> um, so now she's an orphan. Uh, yes, but a happy orphan because somehow Vasilisa's story ends on a happy note because she marries the Tsar of Russia. But also her sisters are all dead. Yes. Um, also her dad left. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, but the Tsar, it's fine. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's fine. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's worth it. Wild. It's worth it. It's fine. 
So unlike the fairy godmother from the original Cinderella story, Baba Yaga appears more like the wicked stepmother who allows her daughter to cut off her foot so it will fit in the glass slipper. Yuck. Honestly, we should do an episode about the grim stories. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Um, Baba Yaga goes to extraordinary lengths to free Vasilisa, instigating three painful deaths as well as causing Vasilisa much grief before letting her leave the hut, rather than merely just helping Vasilisa escape her family. Okay, you great. Know? But That's it's fine. fine. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. Um, however, there's some other connotations that you might also hear about Baba Yaga. So Baba Yaga is also cast as a Mother Earth figure. Okay. Having an influence on the natural world through three of her servants, uh, as witnessed by Vasilisa. Twice, Vasilisa sets, uh, sees three riders. So these riders are white, red, and black. Upon asking who they were, Baba Yaga replies that they are the day, the sun, and the night, respectively each controlled by her. In this instance, the reader can see the span of Baba Yaga's power, further implying that she could have a much gentler means of helping individuals um, like Vasilisa's family, but Mm -hmm. chooses not to. Right. Yes. Another connotation, uh, there's a lot of peasant children involved with a lot of stories. Sure. Um, So in this tale, the children are sent to Baba Yaga to be rid of but they managed to escape the witch's hut through the help of the animals, plants, and objects that Baba Yaga neglects. Mm. A black cat helps them plan their escape because they feed him when the witch doesn't. And a gate closes Baba Yaga off from them because she never tends to it. And even the trees of the forest themselves attempt to stand in her path because of similar mistreatment. So as Baba Yaga is running towards them, the trees break down and the children are able to get away so thus the children return home in one piece and baba yaga forfeiting forfeits her search when it becomes too difficult and timely again this tale ends happily um but it's still kind of odd yeah i mean the kids were sent away to be killed yeah because no one liked them yes and then Baba Yaga is like, hey, here I am. Mm-hmm. I'm your killer. <laughs> and then no. they're like, yo, kitty boy. <laughs> I got some saltines that my parents <laughs> gave me. There's only one, so we're going to have to share it. Uh-huh. Because they don't feed me enough. No. Nope. Because they hate me. They do. And then the cat's like, bro, thanks. I got you. I got you both. Exactly. So nice. The gate is odd to me, though. Yeah, well, squeaky gate never uh, gets done. Um, yep. Is there, is there another story that we can uh, quickly just segue to? Sorry. Uh, yep. Good, good. Great. Well, really quickly, I want to show you one last photo. So if you could just scroll all the way down to the bottom. This is another depiction of your girl. What? She's basically just a tree. In this one. Oh, that's not the one I'm seeing. Oh. Oh, this is Vasilisa. Yes, this is Vasilisa oh, I didn't and Baba see Yaga. That one. Oh, I'm sorry. That one's cool. Yeah, I scrolled past that one. My bad. So all the way down the bottom. Oh, yeah, no, she's a tree. Yes, 100%. This a, is an ent wearing clothes. Yes. Yes. Also, who is this like prancing man? I don't know, but I like him. I like his tight curls. Very strong jaw. Very awful posture. Right. But great boots. It looks like he's prancing. Could be. I I would respect that very much so. Just cutting a little jig right in front of Baba Yaga. Exactly. So much fun. Okay, so that's that's Slavic Baba Yaga. Mm -hmm. However, let's talk about some other Baba Yagas real quick. All right. So, one of the most famous uh, appearances, mentions of Baba Yaga is from the lovely movies of john wick mm-hmm. so justin do you remember anything about that like when i first said baba yaga i know you said you talked about laura croft but do you did you remember the john wick mention yeah okay great he's called baba yaga by people yes which is really interesting so um there's uh, there's some issues with this according to the internet doesn't it get translated into boogeyman yes it does so 
Um, <laughs> however, there's an article from Digital Spy that says how John Wick got one of the major themes wrong for Keanu Reeves' assassin. Great. Uh, the, the next part is babushkas everywhere getting a bad rap. Great. So, in the very first John Wick movie, the titular assassin was compared to a mythical Russian creature called Baba Yaga. Mm -hmm. The boogeyman that Vigo Tarasov explains is a force too great to be reckoned with. And um, the issue is, however, is that Baba Yaga is not the boogeyman. Mm -hmm. Baba Yaga is quite different than what I think they meant to say, which is either um, Babaika or Babai. Bye. Bye bye. Lemon lime <laughs> flavor. But fine. Okay, so it's so it's B A B A Y. Babe? Babe? Babe. Babe. So Babe is a boogeyman. A Babe is not a specific creature or person, but instead a being that haunts the streets and lingers outside the homes of naughty children who won't sleep. <laughs> okay, that sounds more like John Wick, to be honest. Yes, yes. Again, compared to Baba Yaga, Baba Yaga lives in the woods, has chicken legs, yep. and usually doesn't bother people unless they bother her first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so eh, just a little, uh, I don't exactly know what happened with that one. But... I still like it. I still like him oh, being oh. called Baba Yaga. Absolutely. I think it's great. Um, again, According to just Slavic folklore and um, other just types of interpretation, a babai is someone, again, who is a supernatural being that embodies just sheer terror and bringer of death to all that choose it. Okay, great. Yes. Okay. I love it. Okay. So that's one Baba Yaga. Um, Baba Yaga is also mentioned quite frequently throughout the video game world. So as you talked about, it is... Um, a, I don't want to say a boss. Would you consider it a boss in Lara Croft? Yeah, sort of. Okay, I mean, you have to fight her. Sure. Okay, so it's, it's like a main DLC story. Yeah. So it's um in the Temple of the Witch, and it's in the Siberian wilderness. Mm -hmm. That's correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, in The Witcher Three: Wild Hunt, it also features a Baba Yaga character. Um, in Ant-Man and the Wasp, a ghost, one of the antagonists of the story, has the ability to phase through walls. This frightens a Slavic character in the movie to assume that ghost is Baba Yaga uh, okay. herself, yeah. which I think is really interesting. Yeah. And um, Baba Yaga, this is spoilers for me, but whatever, it's fine. Baba Yaga appears as the main antagonist as a Supernatural Season 15 episode, Drag Me Away From You. This is also a spoiler for me. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I haven't seen any of hmm. season 15. I'm sorry. Well, she's coming. So. Great. Good job. Uh, I'm really sorry. Um, she's also a reoccurring character in the comic book series Hellboy. And she appears in a 2019, uh, the 2019 movie Hellboy as well. Great. And weird thing about Baba Yaga is that there's actually a 2020 horror movie that came out. That features Catherine Tate in it. Catherine Tate plays, um, oh my God, she's the British lady in the office. Oh, yeah. What's her name? Nellie. Nellie. Yes. So very confused, mm -hmm. but it's fine. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that's just a uh, hello, sweetheart. Can we get down? Can we go off the table, please? No, it's time for supper. Um, yeah. Great. <laughs> that's kind of crazy. Yes. Um, I'm really not good at endings, but, um, yep, that's it. Great. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> so that's, that's Bobby Yaga. Wow. Great. That's crazy. Great. That was so much more than I thought it was because I only really knew it from John Wick yeah. and then from my game. Yeah. Well, I mean, I even, I watched you uh, fight Baba Yaga when you were playing Lara Croft, or sorry, Tomb Raider, and just the way that they depicted her was just very interesting. You know, someone who could float and mm -hmm. had that, that more of like a mystical uh, uh, staff. Yeah. 
Yeah. So just very. She had magical powers and yeah. like she was poisonous and. She's very. Interesting. She's very one with nature. She had like a. Like a. I don't know, like a deer skull. Yeah. Kind of stuff going on. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. So that's that's the Baba Yaga. Great. Great. Love it. Great. All right. Do you want to jump into recommendation station right away? Uh, sure. Okay. You want to talk about American Horror Story yeah. season two? Great. Asylum. It's a great show if you haven't watched it at all, but um, each season is like separate from all the others. So season two specifically is about asylum, and there's a lot of similarities between the story I told today mm-hmm. and that season. Okay. It gets very dark, yeah. uh, very gross. Um, there's a lot of not good things that happen to people in that one. Mad doctors and all that yeah, stuff. Right. So it was really good, though. I mean, okay. that's my favorite season, I think. Is so it? Far. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I've yeah. actually never seen it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You got to watch that. I would really like to. I haven't seen, I've only seen Murder House and 70% of Freak Show. And then I watched like one or two episodes of that one, the hotel or whatever it was. And I was mm-hmm. like, mm, I'm mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a great show. All the seasons are really good. Sure. If you're into scary and you somehow haven't watched it yet, because I feel like a lot of people have. Yeah. Murder House, the first season is really good. Mm-hmm. Asylum, second season's really good. Okay. Third season, Coven. Yeah. Really good. Okay. <laughs> Fourth season. Was Fourth Show that, was that Freak Show? I don't remember. I don't I think Freak Show is season five. I don't American remember. Horror story. <laughs> Sorry everybody. Um ba 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 ba. Jeez, they're already on season ten. Do you have what it is yet or? Uh, no, sure don't. I'm trying to, but I didn't know what to Google. AHS season four. <laughs> it is Freak Show. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, that one was good. I don't think it really quite lived up to the expectations. Okay. But I liked it. Yeah. Season five was um, Hotel, mm. which was okay. Okay. I think that one is based on that one hotel with um Elisa not Elisa Lamb stayed at. Oh really? Yeah. Oh dude. The Cecil Hotel. Ugh. I think it's called. Okay. Uh season six, Roanoke is when I stopped watching it. Because I didn't have time anymore. <laughs> season seven, Cult, never watched. Season eight, <sighs> Apocalypse. And then season nine, nineteen eighty four. I never watched any Oh my of those. gosh. I forgot about so many of these. But it's a good show, and yeah. definitely give it a watch if you're interested in that kind of stuff. Very nice. Okay. That's great. Thank you. Um, mine is actually a Christmas present from Justin. Um, I don't know if you all knew this from us having a spooky podcast, but um, Justin and I are really into true crime and spooky things. And uh, Wait, you are? Sometimes. I'm not, so... <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here. Fine. I should probably leave. Ridiculous. Um, But Justin got the both of us, not just for me, um, a Hunt a Killer subscription, particularly the Blair Witch um, sub. (laughs) Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. The story. And that was honestly one of the best date nights I've had with you Mm -hmm. ever. Yeah. It was great. Not a sponsor. No, no, no. I mean, great. Please let us know. But mm-hmm. no, um, if this is just something that interests you and you want something to maybe spice up your life or just have some fun, especially with um, with COVID and you can't really go out and do things. I have never done an escape room, but I, I think that Hunt a Killer is pretty similar to an escape room at home, just right. from what I've heard. It's just not a physical one. It's exactly. One. Yeah. Um, you know, you do a lot of, of just solving things and being creative and uh justin and i crushed the first one in like three and a half hours Mm -hmm. and i'm really looking forward to it it was really fun yeah so i think it will be um a great time and again just highly recommend it yeah yeah great great um one last thing with it being uh thanksgiving week in the u.s just wanted to say that we are thankful for all of you who listen. Mm-hmm. Um, 
whether it be family members, friends, strangers, just thank you. Mm-hmm. This is something that we really enjoy doing and um, trying to implement gratitude more into our lives. And we're just very grateful yeah. to do this. So thank you. Definitely. Yeah. Go and eat and be gay and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that how you want to leave that? Yeah, I think so. Stay spooky, everybody. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye.